hello everyone. Welcome back to Art Moves. We're happy to have you here and this is our 13th episode. And I'm Dr. Regina Newhan and with me as always is Major Dwight Smith. Hey Dwight. What's happening, folks? Happy New Year. Welcome to Art Moves 2024. Yes. And, you know, we are really excited today because we have with us Matt Strange. He and his wife, Mandy, are local art collectors in the Kansas City region. And we're going to find out all about what makes art collectors tick. Welcome, Matt. How are you? Nice to be here with you both. Good. We're happy to have you. You know, well, today we're talking about art collecting, but, you know, first for introduction purposes, could you tell us, you know, what's your background? Are you from Kansas City? What is your occupation here? Well, um, I'm not originally from Kansas City. I'm originally from uh, Texas down the DFW area. I think we get that from the accent. Yeah, 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 right. (laughs) Um, And we've just kind of, we move all over the U.S. and I work for a company called Flynn Restaurant Group. And uh, we go in and work with different teams, do a lot of team building and uh, market development, things like that. And uh, cool. we've lived in St. Louis, Oklahoma City, Wichita, Kansas, Kansas City. Uh, it's kind of been a, a journey for us. And yeah, we go around and collect art as we go and try to, you know, enjoy the local art scene. So you've really had a nice taste of the Midwest. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole crux of this show anyway. So glad to be speaking with you today. And how long have you been in Kansas City? Uh, we've been here about 14 months. Well, you know, I'm curious, when did you and Mandy first become interested in visual art? And is there a story, maybe how a particular work of art affected you early on? Yeah, I mean, we... We've been collecting pretty seriously for about 12 years now, but um, I, w- I would say if I go back farther than that, uh, my mom took me to a lot of museums. Probably one of the things that really had the biggest impact on me originally is like we went to this uh, Salvador Dali, a big exhibition, I believe it was at the Kimball down in uh, Fort Worth. And uh, nice. when I went in and saw some of that stuff, it, it just blew my mind. It changed my whole perspective on art and what could be done. And, and, you know, obviously he's a surrealist, but that's not really what we collect now, but it really kind of got me thinking differently about art and, you know, how it uh, holds a space in different environments and things like that. And it just kind of changed my directory on things. Yeah. Created a spark. It, it did. It did. Isn't, isn't that lovely about art, what art can do, you know, just change your whole point of view. We got to send a shout out to all the moms for uh, introducing the kids to the, yeah. to the museum and to the art world. Shout out to the moms out there for, for art exploration. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, my mom took took us to a lot of museums. Like we were always going. I think at the time we weren't that excited about it, like me and my sister. But mm-hmm. I think in hindsight, it had a really big impact and on how I kind of view. It, it stuck. It stuck. It, it, it stuck with you. <laughs> it did. It did. That's so great. Well, so that was your initiation to the power of visual art but then how did you switch from that to actual art collecting was it a gradual process or how did that come about yeah I think me and my wife so we've been together about 20 years now and I think one of the things for us like we've always been interested in art like with her even with her background like they didn't they didn't have art they didn't own art she didn't even know that was something you could do is own a piece of art yeah I think a lot of people Right, right. It's got, especially depending on what your background was, or your upbringing or your socioeconomic status. Like it's a different thing to think about like purchasing something or placing it on your wall or living with it with your family. So we were always getting to art fairs and going and checking out things like that. And then we finally bought something originally. And it was like a, I mean, might, I think it might've cost like $50. And then we were just like, whoa, you know, it was like a big deal. We paid like $50 for something. I think it was like some photos or things like that. And yeah, yeah, it was just really a, a monumental step for us. Although it only was like a very small purchase. Yeah, it's exciting. That's great. Well, you know, as you have continued to collect, um, how have you learned what to do, so to speak? Did someone give you advice or have you just been learning by trial and error? I would definitely say there's some trial and error in there. Um, but I would also say like, we've had different galleries we worked with. Like we've done a ton of research on our side, uh, you know, even on just like the internet or Instagram, like really kind of refining what we, what we enjoy and what we want to be about. Like originally you're just kind of collecting to collect, but then like a couple of years into it, you're like, okay, so why are we collecting? What are we collecting? What's the impact statement we're making? And I think we really started refining uh, what we collect when we moved into like the St. Louis area and we started, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting to know a lot of the artists there, a lot of the African-American artists. And we kind of really changed the way we looked at it and what was the kind of the statement that our collection was making, not just with like 
you know, what's out there, but also getting to know those artists and building the relationships. Like that's very important to us in the way we collect. We try to get to know a lot of the artists in our collection. Now, some of them obviously are on a whole different stratosphere, sure. but there's a lot of them that we've known early in their careers and built relationships. And now they're, we can't afford some of their work anymore, but we know them and we have good relationships. And I think that's, that's important to us that we are representing the work that's uh, out there and trying to give people a voice, not just in certain circles, but uh, you know, all circles. You know, that's a philosophy that Dwight, you have as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Dwight's the master of it. <laughs> well, hey, hey, I, I'm just trying. I'm just, I'm just a young Padawan on, 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 on the trail <laughs> trying to trying to enlighten myself in the world of art. But but I feel you, you know, having a solid purpose, you know, a vision and, and then a reason to um, do this. You know, it helps. It, it truly does help. So I, I, feel, I feel you on that. But, you know, Matt, what I like to find out from other collectors is, is there motivation? Like what drives you? Like, you know, you knew early on you had it, you know, you have this partner that, that is on you in the journey, but you know, what is your day-to-day -day push that makes you say, Hey, you know what? I, I want to, I want to do this. I want to go see what's hot. I want to go see what's out there. What, what do you think it is that compels you to, to go to the gallery, to go to the museum? What is it that pulls you to art? Uh, I mean, one, I enjoy it. I, I think mm -hmm. there's always been an aspect that I've been kind of a collector of things, which is oh. kind of weird if you go back and think of like what a collector is. Like I, oh, interesting. I, I didn't realize it until I've got a little bit further, probably too far down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, but like whether it's like watches or art or even down to like baseball cards when I was a kid, like I didn't realize it at the time, but I think I was all, always a collector. And I, I think it's just changed or grown uh, that passion into different directions kind of as I've matured as a collector and matured as a person. It, it, it's a gene. It's a, you've got <laughs> right. the it collector and, gene. And, and, we got yeah, the gene. And you got to, you got to be careful. Gene. You got, you got to be careful with that gene too. Like it's a, oh, yeah, you do. it's a dangerous. It can be an obsession. It's going to be a dangerous yeah. obsession as well. Oh my gosh. So you, you can't, you can't collect them all. There you go. That is true. Unlike what the, uh, the cereal box advertisements tell you, <laughs> you, you cannot collect them all. Yeah. Well, you know, we've touched on this a little bit, but could you tell us the focus of your collection currently that you and Mandy have? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of different layers to it. I, I would say one is like we focus on women artists mm -hmm. and we also fo focus on artists of color. Mm -hmm. And then we also collect regionally when we live in a place. Like that's really important to us, oh, not just yeah. that you're collecting at like an institutional level, but you're also collecting the artists that are out there grinding every day, trying to stake their claim. Yeah, We, we like to get involved with the artists that are in each one of these ecosystems. And, uh, you know, I mean, can't support everybody, but support at a certain level and, you know, collect their work if we see, see something's great, because I think sometimes geography can really be a limitation for, for people when there's amazing art happening right here. Like mm -hmm. whether it's St. Louis or Kansas City or even Wichita, there, there's great artists in all these places. Mm -hmm. I love that philosophy of really supporting the artists where you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you have named your collection. You've given it the name 5M. I'd love to hear the background of that, but I'd also want to know, is it important to name your collection or do you do that at a certain level when you've reached a certain number of pieces or what is the purpose of naming it? <laughs> I don't know if it's important or not. I think uh, as I kind of focus and see what others are doing and how like people that are what I would say doing it right, I think we're all kind of learning as we go. But like I see, you know, Dwight and his wife with their collection. I also see like Alicia Keys and, and their collection. Like I see like, okay, so they've, they've gone and named it. They made it official. Yeah. And there's an aspect of it also, it's like kind of fun to name your collection like and, and do things back, like, be intentional about it. That's probably one of my biggest things in the, is kind of being in the background. And I'm not like an overly like, look at me, look at me guy or anything like that. So like, that's kind of been a thing for me to kind of say, let's go ahead and make it official because um, I think there's an aspect of that people, uh, you know, they want to know what you're about. They want to see what you're doing. Um, yeah. The other piece of it is we used to have a couple of rental houses when we lived in Oklahoma City. And that was the name of our LLC. It was it was the uh, 5M Investment Group. Oh, perfect. It sounds much more grand than it was, believe me. <laughs> uh, we only had we had a few rentals and uh, we were really thought that that was like we were going to stake our claim in Oklahoma City. Um, that didn't happen. We moved and went to St. Louis. So when we got into uh, the art collecting, we, we decided to like transition that over to the 5M collection. Oh, that's great. And, um, and what, what it basically is made up is like it's 
me and my wife and our, our three kids, we all have the M's. Actually, we all have MDS as our initials. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Matt, Michaela, Madeline, Mandy, and then Matthew. Oh. And then we all have. I love it. I love it. So 5M is not 5 million. <laughs> yeah, it is not. It is not. We don't have 5 million of anything. So. We're, we're working on it. You're working yeah, on it. Right. We're, we're working on it. Oh, yeah. Five, 5 million bills. That's what we got. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. You know, I think different collectors have different philosophies. And as you collect, do you find that you just hang on to everything that you've ever bought or is there ever a point at which you feel like maybe we'll refine our collection we'll let a few pieces go let someone else be able to enjoy them what has been your philosophy all along first and foremost we've never sold anything we bought got it we, we've never sold it um and kind of, it's kind of part of our philosophy as a collector and collection like we tell people like listen we're not going to sell your stuff you're mm -hmm. not going to find it at phillips you're not going to find it out there getting flipped if it comes to our home, you're going to live with it. We're going to live with our children, with our family, with our neighbors. Like our intention is not to be out here, like taking someone's hard work and flipping it into like make us money. Yeah. That's what we've stuck with for a very long time. Now, I actually am starting to kind of get into a weird place where we have a lot of art. And, um, you know, at some point it's like, okay, so what, what do we do with everything? Cause you can't live with everything at once. But like, um, you know, one thing that's really important to me is keeping your word. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I tell somebody that I'm, I'm going to do something or not do something, like I, I stick to that. So like if I've made a commitment to somebody that, hey, this isn't going to go up somewhere or get sold. Um, you know, I've even told people if it ever came to a situation where we had to move or we couldn't like relocate with something that I would talk to about giving it back to them or let's figuring out something. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my philosophy on it. That's really inspirational. Have you heard from artists that that is a concern, that they sell their work and then they kind of lose control, basically, and absolutely things can spiral along without them? I mean, I've spoke with a lot of artists, and especially when you think about like, and I don't know if this is okay to say, like a lot of the African-American artists, I, in my opinion, African-American artists are doing the best work in the world right now. Mm. And like, I don't mean that they weren't before. I think just for the, the space that I'm coming into and my time where I'm seeing and I'm collecting and I'm watching... It's really incredible the work that they're doing. Also, like, you know, Latin American artists, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. But like they're doing such great work. And I think there's people out there that know that. And there's people out there that run this entire industry and they can make you hot and they can make you not. And uh, yeah. there's people flipping work. And like and when you think of Moako Bofo, yeah. I mean, he's a superstar on a whole nother scale now. But I mean, at one time, like there's some things out there going on where people are in my, I mean, I think they're taking advantage of some of these things buying his works for, you know, $500. Now they're selling for $500,000. Mm. And there was a huge amount of run on that where people are just taking them. And, it's got to be frustrating. You know, saying, I love your work. I love your work. I love your work. And then they turn around and sell them. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's very impactful for artists. And I think it's also impactful when you make a commitment and say, hey, like, this is not what we're about. And then you live up to that. I think that builds an even stronger relationship with an artist as well. Yeah. Dwight, you and I have had conversations about this topic too. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I am, am of the faction that doesn't let a piece go. Now, I understand how the art world moves, and, you know, I tend not to really get involved in the financial aspects of it, but in this art market, it is very easy, especially if you have to work from, you know, somebody like Amawako or another, you know, you know, start artists that, you know, can go stratospheric. You know, this, these, these pieces can go from a couple thousand bucks to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, relatively quickly. And even the, the you know, the, the, the most staunch supporter of an artist, when they start seeing those zeros and my eyes start getting a little big, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. that happened with an Amy Sherrill piece and that Amy Sherrill worked with a, um, a collector to, um, and I'm and I'm kind of you know paraphrasing the story, but basically work with a collector. I think this collector even was on a payment plan. Not that that changes anything, because a lot of folks pay on payment plans. But I think that there's that there's this line of trust where if you are buying this art from a specific individual, especially an individual that's really working at their craft really really hard and has a trajectory that um, is kind of evident. And then you kind of cash in on that. Now, 
once you buy something, folks like to say, hey, it's mine, I own it. But I think there are different types of collectors, and I think folks should should acknowledge that we are not all the same. Good point. We don't have the same ambitions and reasons for what it is we're doing. Because, you know, people say, oh, I hate the flippers. I don't, I don't really knock them. You know, I understand markets, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 those, and those things are going to happen. You know, there are bad parts of all markets. What I, what I think is if you have good intentions and you're trying to work with folks, you'll always work with folks in a positive fashion because if you really know the backstory especially on on, on Milwaukee, uh, mary and ibrahim and and how they were working you know you, you might be surprised so i think if you work with folks you're doing okay now if you start to take advantage of folks that can change it and i think and i think that's really it is what are your motivations and and, and how you interact with the people that yeah. you are collecting that you're yeah. bringing into your home you yeah, know, what's behind it these are these are more than just trinkets. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting to why. So like I, I think for me, like I don't look at somebody that does it as like uh, bad or less than. It's just not what we're about. Like I mean yeah. I, I think Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, imagine imagine you're you know, you're scraping about eight hundred dollars a week collecting art or something like that, and you find you have something that's worth two hundred thousand dollars. That could change your life, it could change your kids' oh, life. Absolutely. Sure. I do get the the draw to it, but I think there's other people that they use it, you know, from an industry standpoint, where they're just churning and burning and 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 trying to pump things up and inflate things at auction. And I I, I don't need to get off on a tangent on this because I can okay. get on one. So <laughs> let, let, let me let me re, let me reel myself back in because there's stuff out there that we we artists that we want to collect and we can't even get access to them because you know yeah. I'll, yeah, you know, I better, I'll, I'll stop. Before oh my I... gosh. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. It can just become so impersonal and um, mm-hmm. we, we lose touch with the, the soul of, of the art. So yes. uh, I think your, your point is well taken. And, 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 and there are just several different ways to collect, you know, I think there's Great. the passion collector, there's the financial collector, there's a collector that, um, yep. you know, there are people who collect just because, Hey, this is what I need to do at this particular time in my life. There are a lot of different motivations for collecting. So I think those motivations build the ecosystem. Now, are we all cool with some of the motivations? Uh, maybe, you know, I mean, I think like with anything, it comes and it goes. But um, yeah, I'm not a particular fan of, of, of the flip, but I, I hear you. But it does move things around. It does move things around. Yeah. 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 I guess Dwight makes a great point. There's lots of perspectives and there's lots of different parts of the, you know, the industry or the ecosystem. I guess everybody plays their part. So, yeah. Well, so you, you have a pretty sizable collection now, so I assume you're not able to display it all. Do you store some of it or do you, with your rental homes, do you try to display everything you have or what do you try to do? So we actually do display it all. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. Now that, there's some stuff that ends up in weird places or, or, or you like to look at that and go, Oh, does that, does that really like, is that the best place for that? Um, hey, I've got a couple pieces hanging up on walls and closets, Yeah, but they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have them all through the kids' rooms. Like they, you know, they, they picked out what they like and what they want to live with in their rooms, but we, we have almost every single thing up. Um, That's great. Now it doesn't look the way it should because we've moved certainly like sometimes you buy a piece for where you're living at the time. Oh, right. And like, um, like our basement, our basement doesn't look right to me. Cause like we kind of got a bunch of pieces around there, but like, there's not a lot of things going on or mm-hmm. accent pieces mm-hmm. or things like that. So you just like, wow, here's like big paintings yeah, right here. They're stored on the wall um, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They are stored on the wall, mm-hmm. but I, so I love them. I'm in love with almost everything we have. Isn't it wonderful to walk up to a piece of art that you purchased and just speaks to you and just get that feeling from it? It's so special. And you get to do that with so many pieces because you chose them all. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So it's really, I want it to be up. I want to live with it. I want people to see it, enjoy it. And I I think there's always a certain amount of like, wow fact like when we have neighbors or people you know just people picking up their kids from the house like they come in and it's really always a conversation piece people come in and go like oh wow like you know and not that our work is any better or less than anybody else's but i just don't know if, i don't know if people are used to seeing that much art up on the wall and and also i would say the type of art we collect is different than what maybe people yeah. are normal seeing or comfortable with or things like that yeah. so yeah so striking very striking that's great Matt. Let me let me ask you about the kids. You know, I, I do the same with my nieces, and and I'm always trying to impart and give 
give arts for my own son. What is it like exposing your child, your children to art? And then having them live with it. You know, it's one thing taking them to the museum, but you know, you were, like you said, you let your kids pick the art they want in their room. You know, you're starting to build little little taste buds there, <laughs> little, 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 little recognition going on. So what is it that, I mean, do you learn from the kids? What is it about that, that level of interaction and, and kind of sharing, you know, the, the, the culture of, of collecting with your family? What is that like? So we, we also look, we look at it like a part of it is like enrichment, like enrichment and education. Mm-hmm. Like there's been times where we've pulled the kids out of school to go to a exhibition that we felt was more important for them to see. We felt it was awesome. more important for awesome. them to see that than to be at school. Like, and I know that probably sounds crazy for people, but like to me, there's art that's being made right now that is extremely important, mm-hmm. especially when you get into like the contemporary field and you look at like artists that really have something to say right now. Like, I feel like it's it, as important as any kind of math or algebra or anything they'd be doing at school. I feel like it's just as important to expose them to that. And, um, you know, like when we talk about getting into stuff, like my middle daughter, she's a huge Deborah Roberts fan. Like that's her oh. sweet spot. Like she loves that. Like the Deborah would focus on children and like you know children in the collage. She's she's feeling that. Right, right, she's right. Feeling that. And then the heavy women presence in in Deborah's work. The yes. woman is yes. is yeah. center front. So she's she's seeing herself in there. That representation yeah. matters. So we, we actually when we when we got our Deborah Arts piece, like everybody in the family signed off on it. Like we, oh, we had a couple awesome. pieces to pick from, which we've been trying to get a work for like five years. Oh gosh. Um, and we got very lucky and there was a couple of pieces to look at. This will probably sound crazy, but we actually let the kids like, you know, eight, 10 and 12, very young to be making those kind of decisions. But we wanted to um, get their mm-hmm. feedback on like, which, which piece they liked the best, like why, like what, how was it important to them? Oh, that's so um, great. And yeah, that's how we went after that. But, you know, just kind of circling back to the whole exposing the kids to it like we feel like it's yeah. it's paramount like it's, it's extremely important yeah. early agency that's really great yeah. they've actually also this one might be a little morbid but they've also already talked about the pieces they want like when we pass on or you know whatever oh, you believe that's your plan they already working it out well hey yeah. that's good that means that they're thinking forward they're thinking forward my middle one, Maddie, she's the thinker. So, like, one of the things we really enjoy is we enjoy going to artist studios. Um, yeah. And they, they just can't get enough of that. See the process. Yeah. You know, we took them to uh, Basil Kincaid's in St. Louis That's and some great. of the other artists that we've, mm-hmm. as we've moved around. And, like, they love that process. And it seems like the artists kind of like seeing the kids, too. Like, it's like, instead of somebody they're trying to, like, get into their stuff, the kids are like, oh, man, what do you do here? Tell me about this. Or, you know, I think... Uh, Madeline, she was really interested in Basil's sneaker collection because she collects sneakers too. Oh, and so they were kind of in there like chopping it up and talking about sneakers and things like that. And That's so great. Yeah, she's kind of already ear tagged the pieces she wants. She wants to, we have a Kennedy Yanko piece. I don't know if you don't know that is, oh, but wonderful. We, we just fantastic sculpture. I, I think Kennedy is like so, so important. Um, and that's the other one. Madeline's like, oh, I, that's the one I want. So. To be so engaged at that level of mm-hmm. your life, I think is just phenomenal. It's wonderful. So you're really inspiring them. Nick Cave is another one of her favorites. She loves Nick Cave. Oh, yeah. So. Gosh, she's everybody's favorite, I think, too. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I did want to ask you, and maybe we've touched on this a little bit, but I did want to ask you if you could describe to us one or two of your pieces that are very special to you or were difficult to get and you're extremely proud of okay for us like we we love them all so like everyone's been hand selected of course i only say this as kind of like a, a precursor like we've never collected just because like somebody said oh that's like hot you got to get that artist like there's a lot of art that like you know people may be in love with right now that we're like oh we're good mm. so like everything that we have is something we've we absolutely want a desire to live with it's not just something we somebody said oh that's gonna be worth money down the road sure so that, that's one thing I would say. But if I had to pick some of the favorites, um, I would definitely say our Deborah Roberts is, is a really important one because the kids are like, they're very engaged with that one. They love that one. Could you uh, describe that piece that you bought from Deborah? Um, so it is one of her newer works where she's like, traditionally, like she has the works that are like white spaces, which the background mm-hmm. is white and it has, you know, the kids. Um she has moved him more to a black background. Like she's got, she's, she said she's going to like reown the blackness. Like she's going to like change the, the type of work she's doing. Nice. And uh, so we actually watched like a whole thing on it. And we were, my wife was like 
if that's the direction that she's going, that's the direction we want to go with her. Wow. Like not, don't worry about what everybody else thinks is hot or what, yeah. you know, what the certain people want or she's like, if that's the way she's going, like, let's, let's go with her. So yeah. we, we've got one of the black pieces uh, with a black background and it's a, it's a collage slash painting. Um, and uh, I'll have to send you the thing, but she's like, she's like, it's an ode to kind of like, it has a lot of Picasso-esque like type of things in it. References. Oh, how lovely. Um, and Deborah said that's kind of what she was going for. Um, to own one in our home is just like, it's, it's unbelievable for us. Oh, that's so great. Congratulations. Anything else? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like, how, where do you want to start? <laughs> um, Maybe tell so us there, about there, one more. <laughs> okay. So there, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of different things that we're, we collect because like there's uh, Vanessa German. Uh, we oh, really yeah. are. Uh, we, we love her work. We love mm -hmm. like her mm -hmm. voice, the way she like approaches the, the art game and even life in general. Mm -hmm. um, so we, powerful. we have a very powerful. Her works are very powerful. And uh, we have a work by her and it's like a, it's like a giant X, like a light up X. Mm -hmm. And it has like dreads coming down and a mirror and a, sh like it's a wild piece. Wow. It has a light on it. So when you turn this light on, it's meant to like be so bright that you're kind of like, oof. It's, it's meant to be that way. Like to make you like, um, I don't, I don't know about uncomfortable, but like to yeah. show you like, Hey, you can't, you can't shut down my light. Yeah. Like it, it's a real, it means a really powerful piece. Mm. Um, we're, we're, we just feel so blessed to have it and to live with it. Wow. Um, and then we actually went and saw her at JCC oh, great. when she did her artist talk. And that was like, man, it was like a house full of tears. It was, it was, oh, it was a man. really powerful talk. Did either of you guys go to that? I was not there. For the, for the listeners who don't know JCC, the uh, Nerman Museum here in um, Kansas City metro area, Nerman Museum. It's a fantastic. It um, I did not go, but fantastic space. And they always post some of the, um, you know, some Fantastic! Some of the best, hottest new artists in town. If you want to see what's cooking, you just gotta go up to Nerman anyway. So, shout out to the Nerman for bringing Vanessa. Yeah, Nerman has an incredible collection. Like, I, I that's actually when we, we before we even lived here, the Kansas City scene like was we felt like it was a really hot art scene. Mm -hmm. In fact, we came up, we flew in before we lived here to see the Thirty Americans when it was here. Ah, oh, great! Yeah, the Nelson Atkins Museum. That's a great show. Because to me, that's one of the greatest exhibitions probably been ever put together. And then, you know, just looking through like the Nerman, they have a really incredible collection of contemporary modern art. One of the first pieces we bought out of Kansas City was a work by Harold Smith. Oh, Harold. Harold in the house. What up? Yeah, we featured him on Art Moves. He's amazing. <laughs> it was actually a piece that he had shown there and I think it had like circulated in and out of exhibition. And we were like, oh, we've got to get that. And that was before we even moved to Kansas City. Oh, that's great. Forethought. Good for you. Well, are there any artists that you are really fond of that you have not been able to collect yet? Anybody kind of looming out there that is on your radar? Yeah, I mean, one of my literally all-time favorite artists is Jamie Holmes. Like, I just, I am insane, like crazy for, I, I think it. his work is mm -hmm. super powerful, like super important. Um, I don't even know if you can use another word besides super because I could use it a hundred times a day talking about it. <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I think you really mean it. <laughs> oh, I do mean it. Like, I, I. I was talking to Dwight, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, and Dwight was like, well, we'll just go down to his studio. And I was like, I think I'd be nervous to go to his studio. Like, I th he's such uh, a, like, a a big figure. <laughs> we got to, Jamie, we're, we're coming down. Dallas, <laughs> we in the house. We coming to see your homes. And I don't know, he doesn't really present himself with that. He's actually pretty low key. And, like, I've listened to some, some of his like, art talks and mm -hmm. things like that on him. But, like, I just feel like he's one of the most important artists, like, anywhere right now. And I, I think that maybe that, that star power, I, I have to probably ease into that. But, yeah. 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 That's exciting though. Just to think about it. Hey Matt, I, I got yes, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions real quick. Just collector questions as a collector, you know, I, I, sometimes like I'm going through galleries, sometimes I'm online. How do you, and, and then how would you advise other collectors? How do you go about acquiring art? You know, not even like your favorites, just like, regular stuff like how do you go into the supermarket and buy groceries tell okay. us how you buy groceries because i think a lot of folks they don't understand this realm that we live in and how we buy art so when i when i know when i tell folks hey i buy art they're like oh my god how do you do that yeah i think there is an aspect of it's a little scary for people when they think about like going and buying something or mm -hmm. but i mean there's also another aspect so like when you're living with someone's work and some of the something they put time and effort and energy into like there's a portion of that that's like either you want to go into that realm or you don't. But so we, we've taken a very multifaceted approach. Um, you know, we've worked with galleries for sure. Uh, and I also think like 
not that one's better than the other. I also think it depends on how much time you have to research and how much time you have to engage in that scene. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff now we try to work with artists because the relationship is very important for us. Uh, but on the flip side, we've had very, very good guidance from certain galleries as well when they've said like, hey, uh, you know, this is somebody you should really look at. They're doing important work. And it, and it kind of helped me put my toes in the water and say, okay, let me let me look at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there's a lady, uh, Destiny Ross Sutton, She's uh, she was out in New York and she helped me buy some pieces early on that really opened my eyes and the way I looked at things mm-hmm. uh, up a lot and was like, oh, wow. OK. And, you know, we work we, we, we've always worked with some level of gallery at like each place we live. But I think for me, for, you know, it's also like education, like where you're at in your journey. Like when we were early on, we didn't know what to collect. We bought a lot of stuff that, you know, like it may not hold any value. It holds value for us in our home and in our, in our sure. life. But it. You know, when you think about mm-hmm. one of the challenges when you really start collecting, you've got to kind of like start focusing a little bit or you're just buying everything or this or that. And that's why we felt was really important for us to kind of start making a collection about, you know, art that uh, spoke to us, was really saying something in the current environment. So, but I think there's no good or bad. I think galleries are great. They do a lot of the legwork for you. Obviously, you end up paying a premium. I'm not trying to knock anybody for working, um, you know, but when you, you start, you know, getting into half and taking half and I think you just got to figure out where you're at on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, like we, we work closely with artists and we, we always try to be really respectful. Like, Hey, like how does a person go about purchasing your art? Like if we talk to somebody on Instagram or their website, we're not trying to like hustle anybody or shape short change galleries or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We just usually say like, Hey, you know, are we able to acquire art for you or what's the process? Do you work with a gallery? You know, sometimes artists will say like, uh, you know, yeah, tell me about yourself or, yeah, I'd love to work with you. Um, I would say one of the things that's really helpful for us is like there's been a lot of artists that were like kind of once they talked to us and understood like what we're trying to do and like who we are and that we're going to live their work. They've let us like do like layaway stuff. Oh, and like nice. I know that sounds silly, like laying away art, but like some of the mm-hmm. best art we've ever bought, we paid for it in installments like monthly. And I, I think that's a very important aspect of this. Mm-hmm. industry or purchasing art like it's okay to ask like all, all somebody can say is no and mm-hmm. i think if your intentions are good to say hey like listen here's my situation i think it's better to lay away than to ask artists to take less for their work mm-hmm. um this is somebody's lifeblood this is their work don't do that you know you need you need to really think about that yeah you know this is somebody's uh blood sweat and tears so don't be saying hey can i get that for half off just like it's insulting mm. uh so just touching on that for people out there who are listening, who are, you know, maybe interested in starting to collect art, you know, they wonder, do I have to have a lot of money to be an art collector? And what would you say to that? I would say absolutely not. Like, you do not have to have a lot of money. Like, you can start by, you know, going to, you know, art fairs or even, I, I would say, go to the galleries and put those galleries to work. Mm. Um, and I mean that in the nicest way. Like, I know a lot of times when I first started collecting, it's almost kind of a little bit... Um, nerve wracking when you go into these galleries and they have all this stuff on the wall and like you know i found like over time like like if you go in and talk to the people they're they're happy to show you and and i would also be be tell them what your budget is be direct like say hey i've got this much money to spend that way you're not um getting into an area where they are you know showing you something that's twenty thousand dollars you're like oh Mm -hmm. i came in to spend like a thousand dollars or two hundred dollars i think just tell people what your budget is tell them what you're interested in because they can also direct you to like maybe an emerging artist that's coming up that hasn't hit that huge big time yet they say hey this is somebody the gallery really believes in you can get their work right now for you know a couple hundred bucks and i think this would be a great piece for you to live with your family that even make up the value over time Mm -hmm. um so I i think there's a huge place for galleries I think that's also a place for you just getting out and figuring out what you like, you know, go to art fairs, go to museums, like figure out like, oh, this is, this is what I'm into. Yeah. My wife, she absolutely loves uh, Monet. Like oh, that's her, yeah. that's her thing. She loves Monet. She loves the water lily. She loves the story of how like everybody said, like, he's too old. He's out of fashion. He just kept doing his thing. He just kept grinding, doing the same stuff, doing the water lily. Like she, she is just in love with that whole artist and his work and all that. So like, but that's not my thing. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why you got to get out there and figure out what you like, like what you're attracted to, what really you know creates passion and movement for you. And then you kind of start taking those first steps. So exposure is important. Exposure is huge, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, you mentioned art fairs a couple of times. Explain art fairs from your experience to our audience, because, you know, a lot of folks um, 
again, like the same with going into, you know, going into a gallery, like you said, and talking about, you know, payments, because that's a, that's huge. Payments are huge. A lot of people are like, how do you buy it? When, when you tell them you can do all this stuff, like you can do that. I'm like, yes, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Tell us about art fairs. So I don't think people um, know about them. And then when they see them, it's like, this is like this magical realm that they never knew existed beyond the museum or the art gallery. So tell us about your experience with art fairs. So I actually love art fairs and there, and there's many different like levels of art fairs too. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's important to explore all of them. I know you can't explore all of them, but like there's really huge ones like art Basel. Like there's, you know, we actually went to one last year, the Dallas art fair. It, it's pretty big too. Mm -hmm. And then there's also like there's regional art fairs or things where you go in like, you know, maybe you just have an artist there with their work saying, hey, man, check my work out. I think those are really important. Mm -hmm. I really like going to art fairs nowadays, especially like a little bit more established ones. Like when you get into this, like Freeze or Chicago or the Dallas Art Fair, because I think there's an opportunity there. Like we're really in a digital age now. So you're doing so much stuff over Instagram and email. And like when you can actually go and see uh, the dealers and even like see the artists. Like I know when I went to the Dallas Art Fair, so Jamie Holmes was there like either the day before or the day after I went. I was just like, I, I probably wouldn't have even talked to him. I'd have probably been too chicken, honestly. But like <laughs> I could have come in contact with him during that time frame was just mind blowing. Like I, I love the art fairs. I, I think it gives people a chance to see many different types of art. So you may be going to see one thing and you pass by other stuff. You're like, Ooh, that's hot. That's, that's, that's really something there. Yeah. So I think that's a really neat thing. And, and keep in mind, they're all there to sell too. You know, you can talk business, you can kind of understand like what different things are going. And I think that's where you also get a lot of the behind the scenes information of like what's happening or what um, exhibitions are coming up or where this artist is going with their work. Like to me, like the knowledge is always power. Um, and not power in like a bad way, but just like understanding like what's coming. Uh, I think it's important to release, and you get a lot of that. You get a lot of access to art fairs. That's a good point. The nature of the business. Yes, sir. Indeed. Because there's so many people out there, whether it's artsy or things like that, they're just saying, how much is this? How much is this? Like, they're not really like, I think it gives you a chance to build relationships and, um, you know, see some uh, mm -hmm. people, you know, in person, mm -hmm. which I know that's crazy nowadays with the, the last couple of years, but key component. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, you know, this show is kind of focused on the regional Midwest, and you've spent a lot of time in the Midwest. Do you think that regional Midwest artists have an extra challenge in terms of maybe visibility? And if so, are collectors providing a service in a way to maybe help that issue? I think there's a couple things on that. So, like, I would say, first and foremost, like, geography can be very challenging. But I, I do consider myself like a real collector at this point. But the, I'm telling you, the, the artwork is there, though. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the Kansas City uh, art scene has been so good to us. Like since we've been here, it's been so welcoming and so warming. And everybody we've come here has just like said, like, hey, let me show you or take me under my like, It's been a wonderful experience. So I would say like Kansas City is actually, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent. But it's, it's been one of the best art scenes that we've been to. Wow, um, that's great. Now, it, it is. It's just been incredible. It, even from the point of like the museums that are here, like mm -hmm. the local collectors, like Dwight and his wife, like they've been really, really nice to us and you're very welcoming. Well, you know what? It's all about spreading the word and the love. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because it's some of the places we live, there's not always a lot of people collecting what we collect. So like to be able to be here in Kansas City, there is a group that collects similar works. It's been very, I mean, it's just been amazing for us. But like to kind of come back to your original question, yeah, geography can be challenging sometimes. Like I see artists all the time. I'm like, man, if they were in New York or Paris or something like this, like who knows what people would be doing with their work. So sometimes you, right. you have to kind of move out. And I'm not, I'm not an artist, so I don't want to speak for the artists. But like, yeah. I think one of the frustrating things for artists is like, how do you get your work out there? How do you get people to see it? Because I know like several artists here, like Sam, Caesar, Harold, yeah. uh, the Sarah's like, they're doing amazing work. Like they really are. And um, I think one of the things that's good about a collector is a collector can kind of help other people see their work. Like on our Instagram, like we put a work out there that we see. We just bought a work by Kevin Hopkins. I think he's great. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Um, he's been on our show too. Fantastic. Yeah. Very, very, very smart young man and just full of love and life and energy. Like Exuberant. Yes. He's really doing some great things. And But I mean, I think from a collector standpoint, you also get exposure. Like I, we always take time to share. Like when people have people look in our collection, we say, hey, check this out. We don't just say, hey, look at this. Deborah Roberts, we always say like, you know, come check this out. Like we had a, a lady named Joanne over the other day to see our collection. We were showing her 
all the regional artists we had. We were showing her not just like the the stuff that people, you know, want to kind of brag about. We were showing him like we have another artist in our collection that was a woman artist in the time of like the 50s and 60s where women mm-hmm. were heavily, heavily overlooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name is Sujin Kovacevic. And she actually studied under Berger Sanzane. I think the Nelson has one of his works, but, uh, but I mean, she's an incredible artist that nobody knows. And she was out of Kansas and kind of this general area. But I think that's, that's one of the challenges with geography. And obviously yeah. she had a couple challenges to overcome, but, um, you know, I think a collector can obviously get out there, put the word out, you know, help support artists. And, uh, the only challenge is like, you know, you, like you have to figure out like, what all you're going to buy, where are you going to put it? Cause like, there's a lot of artists here. I've actually, have intentions to buy and I want to buy right now. I'm like, yeah. I figure out like, okay, what are we going to do with all this stuff? That's fair enough. Well, you know, I'm curious what you think, and this is a big question, so don't feel like you have to really be philosophical here, but, okay. you know, just your general impression, what do you think is good about the art world now? And what do you think really needs to improve or could be better? And it could be some of those things we've talked about, but curious. I think the good thing about the art world right now is like art is very accessible. Mm. I think people can see it like the, the social media piece has just changed the game where people, even if you don't represent it by a gallery or you're not out getting big institutional like shows, you can still get your work out there for people to see. It's a great point. Like I've actually bought a lot of work off of Instagram. I know that probably sounds silly, but not at all. No, that, that, that sounds appropriate for the times, you know, I, I, yeah. and I think that's what we, we've got to get away from those stigmas. Oh, you bought that off social media. I'm like, well, if that's how we're communicating, especially as collectors mm-hmm. and, and, and what you are saying, because I've done it. I'm like, ooh. And I'm like, let me break the ice right here. And if you can communicate and do it right there, then, you know, forget the stigma. If, if it works, it works. You know, so I'm with you. As a collector, yeah. I, I have done a lot of purchases through the gram, you know. We, and, we have too. Like, you know, yeah. And, and social media gives you – Probably once in a lifetime access to artists. That it's leverage. It's leverage. Maybe you'd never be able to get access to. Exactly. I'm with you. So, yeah. I think, so I, th- I think circling back around, I think that's one of the best things about art right now in the industry is like people can get their work out there. Even if you're not like a blue chip artist, like if you're just trying to like stake your claim and get out there and show your work, you have platforms where you can do that. And I think that's very important for somebody that, you know, not everybody's going to be this like, you know, end up in the MoMA or things like yeah. that. Some people just like, they that's their craft. They love doing art and they work their whole life to get there. And I think it's wonderful now that there's a lot of different avenues for people to get their work out there. And maybe that triumphs a little bit over the geography limitations too, having social media. I, I think it really helps. Yeah, I do. I think it really helps. I think there's different things where people connect with people in different cities. Cause like, if you go back, you know, to the fifties or six, you're painting, you know, in your studio, like somebody may never see your work. You know, there, there was no platform for it to get out there. So I, I, I'm a big supporter of it from that standpoint. And I think it's uh, been revolutionary. Well, what do you think needs to improve in the art world from the collector's point of view? Well, from a collector's standpoint, I think one thing I would tell collectors, like figure out what you like and get there quicker. Mm -hmm. Somebody may say, Hey man, like do your own thing. Don't tell me what to do. I get that. (laughs) But I would say if you really find what you're into, like, dive in deep, understand it, get there faster. Like we've done a lot of stuff along the way or made like purchases that didn't make sense. And we were just like, oh man, what are we doing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I look back now, I actually don't regret it, honestly. So maybe I'm telling somebody terrible advice. It's just growth. It's kind of part of the journey yeah. and kind of that growth as a collector. So that that's the one thing I would say from the collection standpoint, from on the art side, um, I think it's just figuring out like, so this is probably another social media, like people want it now, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I also see artists that are like, you know, they just started painting, man. And somebody's asking $10,000 for a painting. And like, ah. if that's what you want your work to be worth, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. But like, when I think of like, you know, artists that is like, you know, like look at Harold. Harold man. Smith. Yeah. To me, Harold's work should be worth 100000 Like that guy's been grinding for so many years. Yeah. He's been grinding for so long. He does great work. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like the guy's been painting forever, you know, and, and I think he's a master at his craft. And like you have people that just kind of started painting and they're like, you know, maybe they got them with the right person and they're offering all this money. So I, I think that's challenging at times for me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a sound the wrong way, but I'm just like, I, I'd love to see some like, uh, you know, some pedigree or some shows or things that you've been through and like kind of like progress through your career uh, before you 
ask me for $25,000 for something. Fair enough. Um, and I think that applies to any, anything, like not just the art scene. I think everybody wants it now. Yeah. And I think sometimes you got to work and put your time in and do your stuff. And, and then sometimes people are just on a meteoric rise. Like they just, they got it. Yeah. They got it. So. Oh, hey, I, I feel you. Cause I, you know, sometimes I see these numbers and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, that's not my budget range, but I feel you. I love you. And I still want to support you on your journey. Exactly. I'm going to be cheering <laughs> right. on the sidelines on this one. Oh. Yeah, so I feel you on that one. Yeah. I got to ask you, Matt, Matt, the, the ultimate collector question. And all collectors that I talk to, I, they have felt the agony of defeat, the peace that got away. Tell me your story. Oh, I know you got yeah. I got I got a bunch. Tell me a story. Oh, I got a bunch. I got, because I, I, I'll tell you, ask me, I'm not going to tell you this one online, but ask me when we get a chance next time you're over at the space, I'll tell you about the Jammy Home story, the one that got away. But just tell me, I know you got one. Tell me the one that got away story. We all got them as collectors. Tell me, tell me one. Okay. So the worst part is I got a bunch. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We all do. Yeah. Hey, we all do. So I, 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 and, and it kind of went back to what I talked about earlier, where like my, I was just wired a certain way and like mm-hmm. trying to like negotiate and all this different stuff when I should have just like, should just been like, oh, yeah, I'll take that right now. And like, you know, who Otis Quico is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Lovely yeah. work. Yeah. Lovely. So, so I, I, I had a chance to get one of his. I, I loved his work. I still love his work. I can't afford it now. Otis Kwame Quico. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He amazing painter. Amazing painter. Fantastic. But I had a chance to get one of his works and I was, yeah, just just a fool early on trying to like haggle with somebody and uh totally missed it. I mean his paintings are a hundred thousand dollars now. Ooh, they're out of here now. They're on the like they're they're super on high. The moon, moon. Yeah. And I, I think at the time at, at the time maybe it was like nine grand, ten grand. Hey, hey. And uh I was kind of like saying like, oh, this or that, or, you know, can you give me some help on shipping? And like, cause like. <laughs> you were trying to, hey, you were trying to work the angles. <laughs> well, it, it's not as nefarious as it seems, but like any, any, any little bit that you can like, you know, get a discount here, it allows you to buy more art. So ours probably, yeah. it's not as mm-hmm. bad as it sounds. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. probably sounds like I'm trying to like get these deals. It's really not like that. It's really more about like, you know, continue to collect. Like there's a lot of stuff. We don't even have frames yet actually though. Cause I'm like, Hey, if you frame and you can't, you aren't buying. <laughs> so, yeah, right. um, Oh, Hey, yeah. Talk about it. Cause you know, framing can get expensive woo. real quick. I, I know, um, <laughs> but I, I would just say that's a, that one's a great example of some an artist mm-hmm. that I absolutely adore and I love the work he's doing. And I was focused on, you know, trying to like get the best deal and, um, slip through your fingers. Yeah. It, it's it did slip through my fingers but i've had that happen my whole career with like whether buying a house or oh my gosh we all yeah, have yeah. absolutely it, the regrets you know I, I think fomo is like a big part of of, of collecting hmm. you know and and i and i think it's it's a it's an underlying fuel for collecting I, I know at least it is for me after learning about missing out now the fear of missing out is even greater so yeah. it's like it compounds the collecting yep. problem. Yeah, you're like sensitized to it. I'm like, oh, let that happen again. I don't want it to happen again. So now I'm really crazy about it. So I, I feel you on those on those many stories, Matt. I feel you. Gosh, Matt, let us ask you if you have any future plans or aspirations for your collection. I mean, where does it go when it either leaves your hands permanently, or maybe as it continues to grow and become refined? What what would you like to do with it, if anything? Well, there's a couple things. I, I would like to let people start seeing it. Ah, yes. Because um, that, that's something we haven't done. Like, at heart, I'm probably an introvert. Like, I'm not really trying to get out there and do all these things. But there's a part of it, like, you know, when people do get the opportunity to see it, they're like, wow, this is incredible. Like, but that's not my normal gene just to be like, oh, I need to get this out. Or but I do think at the point I'd love for, um, you know, the public to see it. Because I think at this point we're getting some works that are, you know, maybe – institutional or things like that where like I think it could have an impact on somebody if they were able to see it or maybe it's something they wouldn't see. Mm-hmm. We collect a lot of African art as well. So it comes from a different part of the world that maybe somebody in the Midwest might not see yeah. or maybe, you know, any somebody in the U.S. might not see. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things. And seeing all your work together too would make a difference. Yeah. I think that'd be one of our goals is to start letting, you know, people, the public see it or maybe do a show or something like that. Um, yeah. So that that's something we're kind of talking about. Um not really having done something like that. It's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. Like 
a lot of the stuff you guys are doing is like, I think it's really neat, like the art moves. I think the space that Dwight just set up, that was something like we kind of like talked about, but didn't like, we're like, ah, do we going to do that? Are we not going to do it? And like he just did it. So like, I, I love a lot of those things and it's kind of cool to let people get out and see your work. Yeah, just for the listeners, Dwight has acquired a gallery space in an artist studio building, and he's able to showcase a lot of his collection there. It's amazing. So the public can see it. So that's what you're referring to. We are over at the wholesome building. Yeah, we're sharing the collection. Yeah. It's a really cool space. Like, I've already been like three or four times over there. So <laughs> I think the fact that he's getting out, let people see it is so neat. Yeah. And there'll be some changing portions of it, too. So well, that's what's fun. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'm, I'm going to try to get Matt up in there with some pieces. You, you know, I think that's kind of the fun part about it is, one, what I've noticed that what I'm trying to implement and what I'm trying to pull in is other collectors, like what we're doing. Like, Regina's a collector. Matt's a collector. We're all, this is three collectors on here, and we're, we're having a parlay. That's, you know, that's our cultivation of the ecosystem. And I think that's really important. You know, people say, what do collectors do? Well, we're doing it. Right now. We're doing it right now. It's three collectors talking, you know, and, but but it's promoting the, the ecosystem. We're, we're, we're championing artists that we love and and, yes. and and institutions that we love. And we're we're inserting ourselves. And I think that's kind of that was the reason why I put myself into the space over at Holtz. I say, hey, artists got studios. Well, why can't collectors have studios? So I think. You know how you insert yourself into the game is really important, and I love seeing other collectors like like Matt. Like, you know what I saw five now. I've been following Matt for a minute. You know, just around you know before he was in Kansas City. You know, when you see collectors doing it on that level, you're like, okay, he's doing it. I like that piece. So, hey, where'd you get that from? You know, you start to embrace each other, and then when you can take it a little bit further, like having this space, it's really that much more fun because I think if we you know, start contributing as collectors, you know, to this environment, you know, that it's a, it's a different element of participation. And I think we, as collectors, you know, can provide much needed value added to, to the community. So absolutely, it's fun. Well, Matt, it's been such a treat to have you here on Art Moves and hear the personal philosophies that you and Mandy have about your art collecting and how it's evolved. It's been actually very inspirational, some of your, your thoughts and your uh, motivations. So thank you for sharing that with us. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with about uh, the world of art collecting from your perspective, whether it's advice or uh warnings or anything else that you might want to say I, I don't know about warnings i would just say get out and go see what you like um yeah. you know if you have the opportunity to meet the artists and understand their story and uh you know what they're about I, to me that's very important i don't know that's not important to everyone but to me it's just such a different layer of the work when you can understand like why someone's making it you know what it meant to them where the the inspiration comes from but i think it's just really critical to get out and see a lot of art and figure out what you're into I, I think those are wise words and well said. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, Matt. Yes, sir. Tell the people your Instagram handle so they can check you out on Instagram. If, if, if. Oh, okay. So it's at the 5M collection. Okay. Excellent. We'll look for you there. Thanks again, Matt Strange. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for listening to Art Moves, the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform or the website. You can find links for this and the video show at linktree slash artmoves. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash A-R-T-M-O-V-E-S. And thanks.